June 6th through June 12th is Community Health Improvement Week, a time to celebrate and honor those working in partnership to improve the health and well-being of individuals and communities. This year, more than ever, we've seen the importance of community partnerships in helping ensure that patients and communities achieve their highest potential for health. Welcome to Advancing Health, a podcast brought to you by the American Hospital Association. I'm Tom Hederly, Executive Speechwriter with AHA. Today we're joined by Nancy Myers, AHA's Vice President of Leadership and System Innovation, in conversation with Mikhail Moore, Senior Vice President and Chief Community Health Officer at Intermountain Healthcare. They reflect on the past year and talk about efforts to renew the commitment to community partnerships and rise together to continue advancing health equity for the Intermountain community. Thanks, Tom, for that warm introduction. Mikkel, it's a pleasure to speak with you during this year's Community Health Improvement Week. We're so inspired by the commitment and work of our community and population health leaders and their partners in urban, suburban, and rural communities across the country. The themes the themes for this year's CHI Week are Reflect, Renew, and Rise Together, and I'd like to spend our time together today exploring your thoughts and current activities around each of these themes. So the events of the past year plus have been truly life-changing for so many people and so many communities. Both the pandemic and the amplified focus on racial justice have really illuminated the disparities that we know exist in healthcare. Last year was undeniably a difficult year, but there were bright spots. And so I'd like to ask, what's a new practice that you or the teams at Intermountain want to continue that you learned or took from this experience? Nancy, first, let me say thank you for having me and for creating this opportunity to reflect and renew and rise together as we celebrate Community Health Improvement Week. I think it's, um, it's a nice opportunity to be with you. And there are so many new things that we've practiced at Intermountain and in our communities as a result of the, the past year. It's, it's hard to pick just a couple. So I'll, I'll focus on a few themes. Um, first, as someone who's been involved in community health and addressing the social determinants of health for years now, uh, I can say that the past year has provided people at Inter at Intermountain in our health system, but also in our community, to talk with a common language around what health disparities really look like, um, how they're presenting, and how to solve them all in real time. And I think prior to that, there was much more variability in our understanding of, of these issues, of, of health disparities, of what are really these, these, we say social determinants of health, but what does that really mean? And for the first time, we could really understand how frontline workers who couldn't work from home, like you and I are doing today, um, were exposed to COVID in a really different way. Well. That's true of a lot of the way diseases show up and inequities are created in our world. Our, uh, and and it, so it's helped us understand something in a really different way. And 
I think, well, that was a new practice, a pandemic is a new practice that I hope we don't have to continue to live with. But that practice of really making something tangible and real and, and working a, an issue all the way back to its root and understanding that that root comes from the way we work, the way we educate, the way we live, uh, the isms that exist between us in terms of uh, racism or just not understanding the life experience of another individual who might have a different ability level or a different gender or sexual orientation than, um, than the majority population. I think that practice is something we very much want to continue. And then the other skills we learned of adapting rapidly using much more informal lines of communication and problem solving that crossed sectors, crossed organizations, crossed even within Intermountain between departments in such rapid style in order to respond to the crisis. We're hoping we can preserve some of that skill in addressing the problems that have plagued us for decades. And, uh, I, and so that, um, that's really important. And then the last theme I'll share is just one of collaboration and partnership. We knew um, in experiencing COVID and into the discussion of social injustice and, and the themes that have emerged so strongly this year, it, it's readily apparent to everyone here at Intermountain that we can't solve these problems alone. We've had to work with our public policymakers in response to the COVID pandemic. We've needed to work with the business sector on how do we keep people working and involved economically, the education community. And uh, it's, a, it's a great reminder of the ways we need to work together all of the time. And uh, we've even found we're partnering much more frequently with people who are our competitors. And that too is an important part of health improvement. And we hope we carry that forward as well. Thanks for sharing those. And, you know, as you were um, reviewing kind of the themes that you saw come through in the work that your system is doing, it, it called to mind to me that, you know, in healthcare and in healthcare delivery, we're very adept at responding to immediate crisis. So we train, our trauma teams train constantly around those themes of how to be nimble, how to react and shift care quickly to meet the immediate physical health care needs of patients, especially when we've got a large-scale trauma situation going on or an immediate natural disaster like a tornado that comes through a town. And in talking to folks across the country, it's been interesting to hear others, you know, kind of express the same things that you did about how how we've had to take that ability to shift on a dime in terms of how we're operating, how we're um, communicating with each other, and the pace at which we make change and continue to adapt and, and take that and, and translate it to kind of the community health response, which is not an area where, it, you know, historically we think about reacting quite as nimbly or quickly or as, a, um, you know, in, a, in that rapid fire adaptation phase. So, uh, so I would so imagine true. that even just within your system, you know, looking to folks, you know, in areas of clinical care where they're constantly living in that type of an adaptive environment is probably a, helpful um, as examples of how to do that work. 
I agree. And we have to hardwire our way of working that way, or we will, mm-hmm. we will slip back. And so, you know, just as an example, we've taken our incident command structure that during the really rapid cycle change of the pandemic was meeting every day, sometimes twice a day during really rapid points of change. All of that work is now folded into our routine process of huddling and um, huddles occur at every level of the system. And once a week, we huddle with intention of having a very broad team there. So if I need to take an issue to uh, the health department or um, an administrative official in the state or or a, uh, another health system, we have a mechanism to, to escalate those types of issues, reach out quickly. And I find myself using a new practice I never did before of um, when I have a meeting with people that I'm meeting for the first time in more of a get to know you, develop a friendship, a partnership sense, I very quickly give them my uh, mobile number in the chat and that encourages them to do the same thing. And now I've got friends that I can text when I have a simple question. And we were doing that all of the time at the beginning of the pandemic with people that we used to ask for appointments a month from now um, in order to meet mm-hmm. and get to know. And so I think we just have to change the way we work together um, in some really practical ways. That's great. And and so then kind of looking forward and beginning to think about renewing our approach and, and moving forward together, uh, have a couple of questions uh, to go through with you. Given the difficult year that we've collectively experienced We know it can be a challenge to maintain that momentum, but we also know that there are so many new and additional needs that have been caused, illuminated, or exacerbated by the pandemic. So what motivates and drives your work and partnerships at Intermountain? What keeps you and the teams there going in this work? Well, you know, one, let me just say that I think um, healthcare in general is um, both exhausted and stimulated right now. Um, and from a community health perspective, I think that we definitely lean more towards the stimulated and feel like this is a moment in time where um, people understand more than they ever have before things that we've intrinsically known and, and believed to be true for, for much longer because of the nature of our work and feel this, this urgency, this motivation to capitalize on that, to, um, to resolve health equity issues, frankly, and eliminate disparity. And yet we recognize this collective uh, exhaustion amongst our healthcare community from what we've been through in our public health community. And and so I think we have to really reconcile those two issues by being very um, thoughtful about how do we uh, support one another ourselves in the mental health needs, the resiliency needs that we have, and that will give us the tools that our communities need as well. So I think we have to be very introspective as we do this work. Um, But I think that we have to also lean into that motivation and energy. And and for us, this has really meant taking some of the things that we've been working on for decades and renewing or 
or redefining our commitment to them in, in new ways. And that creates a lot of energy. So for example, um, about a year ago, when we really began as a country to reflect on the killing of George Floyd and other injustices in our country, we asked the question, are we doing enough? Just as so many other organizations did. And are we seeing and naming these issues of, of racial injustice and other injustices as accurately as we should? And we actually realized that Yes, we've been talking about the social determinants of health and theretofore had not called out racism as one of those determinants, nor had we, we've been talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion from the perspective of our caregivers. And that's what we call our employees. We've been talking about it from a board governance perspective, a leadership development perspective, all of these ways, but we haven't really tied it all together to say, the inequity that we see in life expectancy from one part of our city to another where we're based or uh, from one part of our state to another, urban or rural, that these things can all be connected to the equity in our pay practices or the equity in our hiring activities. And you know, are we really creating are we really driving towards a different outcome there? And then how about the way we're delivering care? How about the way that we're um, proactively reaching to communities who um, just don't have the same access to care because of the way that they live or work or the language they speak um, or the biases that exist in our system or in the systems around us? And we had not explicitly put all of these things, things together. And so we did. We, we went on a listening tour inside and outside of our organization to understand the lived experience of, um, of our own caregivers, our, our physicians and providers, and really listen to what their experiences have been. Then we made a bold commitment as leadership endorsed by our board that we added equity as a value of the organization and as a fundamental, which means as a as a value that has to create accountability for our behaviors in every interaction with the community with our patients and members and with one another and when we when we add equity as a fundamental what that means for us is there are metrics attached to it and that those metrics are cascaded at every level of the organization so no matter what our goals might be whether it's in our supply chain organization in looking for suppliers to meet a need that we have as an organization in purchasing, or we're talking about our hiring practices or the care process for uh, delivering a baby. Um, we are using an equity lens now within those metrics to understand the disparities. And nearly everywhere we look, there are those disparities. And we're now creating, we're normalizing that practice of recognizing the disparity, talking about it, and thinking about the root cause and or root contributing factors. It's often not one, um, one cause. It's certainly usually never intentional um, and, and working on it and then measuring our progress over time, which is how, how we go about things in healthcare. That's quality improvement. And we're applying it, I'd say, in, an, in a very awakened way compared to where we were a year ago.
And, and I credit that with the, the activities of the past year. And I even feel some uh, guilt, I'll be honest, Nancy, guilt that we hadn't gotten there before that. I so appreciate your honesty and, and talking about your approach at Intermountain. You know, the, the language and the way that we name things is important and intentionality in action and accountability in outcomes is really critical. And I'm wondering, as you've been having these conversations with your team members, with your caregivers, and then putting into place these new practices that include language and intentionality and accountability, what's the reaction you're getting back from your caregivers? How is this shifting the culture and the way that they work and participate as part of the team? I think we're experiencing a lot of different reactions to it, Nancy. There's, um, I can see, you know, we have 40,000 caregivers. And just as a community is having very different reactions to this conversation, and we're seeing that play out um, in national media and so on, people are starting from different places in this conversation. Um, some of our caregivers have very lived experience with the disparities of, of racism or um, homophobia or uh, gender bias and are empowered and, and feel so grateful that we are talking very openly about these issues. Other people are worried. What does this mean for people who are in the majority? Does this mean something less for people in the majority? Because we're beginning to focus on equity. And um, I frankly love when people will bring those joys and concerns out into the conversation because it allows us to talk about what this really means to address disparity. And that equity doesn't mean um, changing anything to get to the lowest common denominator, but looking more at the individual needs that we all have um, and making a consumer-oriented health system that really does treat every individual for their individual needs. And that's frankly what healthcare needs uh, overall is a more consumer-driven orientation that allows us to meet all people where they are. How are you and your community partners planning to have more meaningful conversations about health, health equity? Um, and, and how are you planning on engaging your community differently and, and more intentionally in the future? I'll, I'll share a few things in that regard, Nancy. I feel really fortunate that Intermountain Healthcare is based in Utah and Utah has been, um, I think very proactive in this space. There's been a multicultural commission in the state for ye several years, and um, and they've been very closely involved with Intermountain in advising on our uh, demonstration project to address the social determinants of health, or advising um, the way we think about various health-related issues in our community. And that commission very quickly engaged in response to COVID, and, and we were able to interface 
once a week. In fact, we still interface once a week on the issues of equity that have played out during the pandemic. Well, and as you said earlier, you know, there's rarely a single root cause or <laughs> a fundamental reason for the inequities that we see. And, and likewise, there's not a single solution or a single answer for how to address them. And it sounds like Intermountain is taking an approach that's really comprehensive and integrative in terms of care delivery, community partnerships and community well-being, as well as op looking at the operational issues and workforce development. Um, so really appreciate that as well, because what, what we're seeing too is just being more intentionally integrative across the different ways that we can drive change is in and of itself a journey. And as we wrap up our conversation, anything else that you'd like to share in terms of reflecting on where we are or giving advice out to your colleagues who might be listening to this podcast today? Well, I guess I would give a word of encouragement and a word of thanks. Um, I imagine that the colleagues that are listening are people who've worked tirelessly in the past year or more in service to our community very generally, very broadly. And I want to say thank you because it's um, it's hard work and it's meaningful work. And if you haven't been thanked today, you need to be. And, um, and then secondly, I would say that I hope for all of us that we use the things and hold on to the things we've learned in the last year and bring them every day to our work. And we need to keep putting it to work. Well, Mikkel, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate the work that you do and the time that you've taken to share that work with us and with all of our audience. I invite our listeners to learn more about this year's Community Health Improvement Week on our website, which is aha.org slash chiweek, and to join the online conversation via the Community Inspiration Board on the website and on social media using hashtag chiweek. And as always, you can connect with our Community Health Improvement Network on our healthycommunities.org website. On behalf of the AHA, thanks to all of our listeners for the work that you do today and every day to advance the health of individuals and communities. We are honored to support you and we applaud your work. <laughs>